0: Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com/braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a 5star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com trinityradio trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trinity Radio. This is the channel that loves atheists. I'm Braxton Hunter, and I'm so glad that you're here. And today we are going to hear the testimony of a former lactheist, but stay with us. That's going to come toward the end of this video. This video is in a series of videos in which I've been responding to atheists who were responding to a list of 10 questions that I had for atheists. Now, you don't have to have seen any of the previous videos, to, to enjoy and benefit from this one. Uh, so don't think that you got to go back because this is in a series and listen to the other stuff. And even the question that uh, we're gonna deal with today that I asked these atheists, I'm gonna play it for you so you'll know what the context is. Um, but throughout this series, there have been uh, a number of atheists. In fact, uh, when I first released the list of 10 questions, I think after, I don't know, three or four weeks, there were maybe eight, 10, maybe more than that. I, I don't really know, I didn't count. Um, responses from atheists in their own videos but after i started responding question by question with a video for each they've been coming out of the woodwork and more people have been catching on and making their own response videos so this thing's kind of blown up and because of that i'm trying to use uh, or respond to different videos in each of these from from different atheists so it's not always just the same list of atheists and uh so in this one we're going to be responding to several. Now, the, the thing is, um, when it comes to the, well, let me just play the question first, and uh, then, we'll, then we'll jump in and make some response. If it's a lack of belief sort of atheism, what is it? Is it 50-50, 60-40, 75-25? And at what point do you feel disingenuous saying that you merely lack a belief as opposed to leaning towards, I believe that God does not exist? Okay, so that's the question that I asked of atheists, and there have been uh, several responses. And so uh, one of the responses that we're gonna look to is is a guy named Joseph of Suburbia. But before we get into his response, let me just um, point out why I think this is an important question. So if you're not familiar, um, many atheists, uh, many people think of an atheist as someone who maintains the position that there is no God, uh, someone who believes that there is no God. That is not the uh, understanding of atheism that is most prominent On YouTube and on internet sources right now. There, it seems that the definition is something more like a lack of belief in God. And so these individuals are sometimes referred to as lack theists instead of atheists. Uh, But they want to be known as atheists. That's how they consider them. That's how they identify. They identify as atheists and they lack a belief. Uh, You might think, well, that sounds more like agnosticism. That's a whole debate that goes on. Uh, But what I want to say here is, okay, you're saying that you're That you merely lack a belief in God. Okay. So that sounds like what you're telling me, what the the message you're sending me there is that you just don't know. And often they'll say, I just haven't been presented any evidence, any good evidence to believe that there is a God. Um, And so what I'm trying to say is, okay, well, how much of a lack of belief atheist are you? Do you lean at all one way or the other? And if you do, do you lean? toward the idea that there is no God, toward maintaining the position that there is no God. My friend Cameron from over at Capturing Christianity gave me this um, nice graph that I want to throw up here for just a moment. And this is a graph that illustrates what I'm talking about here. So you see that right here in the middle is where we would expect you to be if you were completely agnostic on this issue. You completely lack a belief, right? You don't have any anything pushing you this direction towards the belief that P is true, in this case, that God exists, okay? Um, but most people aren't just right here. Um, some people are this way, but they might be not all they might not be all the way this way at God doesn't exist. I'm maintaining the position that God doesn't exist. Most people that consider themselves lactheists are not right here, but they're somewhere, they're somewhere in here. that in fact, the way some of them talk, they're they're way out here. but they're still not referring to themselves as atheists on the definition that one who maintains that there is no God. And so what I'm trying to say is, okay, At what point, going along this line, as you come up with reasons to believe that God doesn't exist, do you feel disingenuous and intellectually dishonest saying, I merely lack a belief? At some point along this line, it should be more, no, I'm I'm fairly confident there is no God. And that's an important question. See, the way that most Lactheists think about it, here's zero, and we're going this way if I get reasons to believe in God. And so I'm getting reasons, 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 reasons. And then, oh, God exists. And they're saying, but I don't have any of these reasons to believe that God exists. So I'm just staying right here. When the reality is, yeah, you may not think you have any good reasons to believe. We could talk about that. That's the focus of most of our videos. But you actually think you have reasons down to push you down this way. Reasons to believe God doesn't exist most of the time with most atheists. And so because of that, we want to know where is that number? Where is that number? Because it's important that we know whether you're over here or whether you're over here. Now you might think, why is that important? Well, um, there are a number of reasons why this matters. It helps us, if, if, if someone um, doesn't, if so if someone doesn't believe that God exists at all and they're, and they're maintaining that position that God doesn't exist or they should be maintaining that, like that's where their belief really is about the matter then we need to really start with strong arguments to believe that some God exists in general. Many atheists will say, no, 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 if you just talk about, some, it's it's not right for Christians to talk about uh, some God, the God of the philosophers, just general theism like that. They need to talk about the Christian God because uh, that's their God. But there's actually a way of organizing the discussion. I don't have much of a chance of getting you to believe that the Christian God exists if I don't first show you that there's good reason to believe that some God exists, that, that a God consistent with the, and might well be the Christian God exists just general theism the god of the philosophers if i don't if i can't get you there then i'm gonna have a much more difficult case when we get to specific reasons to believe that say the resurrection of jesus happened as a real event in history because the probability that god was ra- that that jesus was raised by god from the dead is a whole lot higher if you believe there's a god who had the power to raise jesus from the dead so it, it helps with us figuring out where we're going to start in this process Um, Secondly, it helps to show you that there may be a reason why um, you should question your position. So if you're way over here um, and I'm way over somewhere down here, closer to 100 in in the positive direction that I believe God does exist, and you're back over here with you're closer to 100 that God doesn't exist, then we should expect that you have good reasons that you think so you're going to have reasons you think that God doesn't exist and you want to show us what those are. And if you can't really show good reasons, if you can't give us really good reasons to believe that God doesn't exist, or if your reasons to believe that God doesn't exist aren't as good as the reason to believe that God does exist well, then you might come to see that your position isn't as strong as you thought it was. So there's some practical everyday and even ministry-related reasons when we're talking with unbelievers and you unbelievers when we're talking to you why it's important for us to know where on this line of um, leaning toward nonbelief that you are or are you smack in the middle. We need to know that. That becomes very important. Okay, so then the next question before we get into the clips from atheists today is you might ask, well, why is it that lack theists, for lack of a better term, why do they take that position? Why do they not just say, no, I'm an atheist in the traditional sense, I believe there is no God? If, I mean, assuming that they really do lean this way, you know, I'm talking about atheists that kind of do lean this way, but still call themselves lack the- I mean, lean strongly this way, to the point that I think they should just say, no, 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 I believe there is no God, rather than I lack a belief. Why would they? Why would they still say they lack a belief uh, anyway, well, one reason that always gets brought up—it's not the only reason, although it's often discussed as though it's the only reason—is that once you take a position at either pole of this thing, no matter where you are, yep, there we go, uh, there we go. I'm still having trouble. There, there we go, there we go. Uh, whichever pole you take a position at, you bear a burden of proof because you're saying God does not exist or God does exist, and when you make uh, w- when you make a claim then you have to defend that claim, at least if it's in an argument. You have to defend that. So you bear a burden of proof when you're, when you're trying to argue your position. But if you say, well, I merely lack a belief, you can say, I'm not saying God doesn't exist. I'm just saying I haven't seen any good reason to believe that God does exist. But do you really think, are you really right here in the middle? Maybe some are, but, but I, I don't know about that. And so really there is something about this that, no, 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 if you're going to, if you really do lean this way, we need to know that because you bear some burden of proof on this. And people talk about this burden of proof thing like it's completely unimportant. It's not unimportant when we're talking about arguments and we're talking about persuasion and we're talking about what we're trying to accomplish when we're having discussions like this. It becomes very important. Um, All right. Another reason is that I didn't think of and the atheists actually at Answers, I think it's Answers in Reason, um, that one of them mentioned this and that is that, if if we can expand the definition of atheism to include a lack of belief that actually um, magnifies the number of atheists that there are, not magnifies, multiplies the number of atheists that there are in a particular country. So if we want the uh, the our group to be considered one that is growing rapidly, and I'm not saying it's not growing, but one that's growing rapidly, if we want to have a larger voting body, if we want to have bigger communities that more people are able to be involved in, then we can expand it from God does not exist to, well, I lack a belief about whether God exists. And if we call that atheism, then our atheistic organizations get bigger. Now I don't know if that's happening. It was suggested by an atheist. All right, but um, and you can go watch that in the in maybe the first video in the series, uh, in the second video. I think it's the second video in this series. Uh, but you can go watch that and see where he says that. It's linked in the description, and I play it in the video. But I don't know if that's what's going on, but that certainly would uh, be helpful, I imagine, if you're in an atheistic organization, right? Another reason is that, that you might call yourself a lack of belief atheist, even if you're somewhere down, closer down to here, is because your favorite atheist does it that way. Now, I'm not criticizing. They're just like there are Christians that just discovered the worldview discussions platform and don't know a whole lot about it. There are atheists who have just discovered this and don't know a lot about it, but they've got their favorite YouTuber, or they've got their favorite philosopher, or their favorite author, or whatever. And if their author or YouTuber describes it this way, well, they're more likely to just adopt that. And so that's some re- one reason why some would do this, and a reason why it can spread like fire. And then lastly, a related reason to that is they haven't thought about it too deeply. And so if they haven't thought about the definition of atheism too very deeply, and their favorite person their favorite atheist popularizer uses it that way, well, then they're just more likely to use it that way. So it's kind of like the last one. So this is an important issue that does come up. I think it has practical value. I think it has value for people on both sides of this. And it can lead to us, I think, having better and more productive conversations. And believe it or not, there are many atheists who actually agree with me. And so uh, we're going to take a look at some of those now. And the first one actually brings up some important issues that I think are important to this. This guy has two videos on his channel as of the making of this. This video, and both of them are about Trinity Radio. So thanks. I'm glad that we promoted some kind of a discussion on this, and he seems like a nice guy. And so we're going to go back to Joseph of Suburbia, and his uh, channel link is in the description, and we're going to hear what he has to say in response to this, because he actually seems to agree with me. Um, Let's see.
1: I like this question. And the reason for that is because it's actually very similar to a question that convinced me to call myself a Gnostic atheist. I think it's a bit silly to put numbers on it though as when I was an agnostic atheist and even now as an agnostic atheist I don't put probability on whether or not god exists.
0: Well, I don't think there's a problem with I mean we're not asking you to like give us like some incredible you know element of precision. You could you could say well, I, you know I I don't know I'm I'm 70% something in that range, 80% um i don't think he's doing this but it can sound kind of enlightened to say oh i don't put a number on that well numbers are very helpful and if you could put a number on it that would be helpful in us figuring out exactly where you are but i think this guy is is saying he's pretty far down the line so um not really an issue with him
1: so i'm actually going to try and improve this question Braxton. for in science the highest level an idea can reach is the level of theory theory doesn't mean something is 100 percent proven And the reason there's nothing higher than theory is it's uh, us humbly acknowledging that we can't know for a hundred percent certainty.
0: Okay, now do you hear this? I love this, and the reason that I love this is because basically what he's doing is he's saying what we the things that we consider to be things we can claim that we know, right? are things that we, we call, at least in science, we, we sometimes call those things theory. Those are things that we strongly believe to be the case, the theory of gravity, for instance. Um, but that's different from certainty. And he doesn't mean certainty in the everyday use of the term, like, oh, did you um, is your car parked on that side of the mall? Yeah, I'm, I'm certain it is, uh, or I'm sure. No, it's not like that. It's more like Carti- what is known as Cartesian certainty for Rene Descartes. And so he was trying to look for the things that he could know absolutely beyond possibility of doubting, and so he's saying it's not like that. It's not like this is beyond the possibility of doubting, um, but it is. But there's enough reason to believe certain things that we can say it's a theory, or we can claim to know those things. In other words, on our graph, you don't. If you're in the negative direction, saying that you don't believe in God, you you don't. But you're like you're a lack theist, but you're but you're somewhere on the negative side of the line. You don't have to be at a hundred percent in order to, like a negative 100%, in order to say that that your position is that God does not exist. You just have to be down that line. And at what point down that line does that come? Uh, That's an important question. Let's hear what the rest of what he has to say.
1: I don't think many atheists would say that they're agnostic as to whether or not germs cause disease. So what level of certainty would you require before you were to acknowledge you're not agnostic, but rather gnostic.
0: Yeah, so I think that's a, I think that's a great question. So you you wouldn't say that you're at, you lack a belief about whether germs cause disease, but you don't know it with Cartesian certainty. And if you think you do, then you don't understand the nature of Cartesian certainty. You, it, it is it is it, there is a non-zero chance that you're wrong about it. Right? It's 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 not worth talking about, right? We can say you're certain in a casual way, but you don't have Cartesian certainty about that. But you can still claim to know it. So for atheists that are that far down the, down the uh, scale, um, at what point does it seem disingenuous not to just bear your burden of proof, you know, straighten up about it, let's have a more reasonable conversation and admit that you, um, that, you, that you believe that God does not exist. All right, so let's move on now to another one. I like this next one, it's, it's kind of fun. And let's hear what this guy has to say. This is curious and more curious.
2: I would have to say that I have 0% belief in a deity because, so far, and at the risk of repeating myself, I have no evidence for one. I'm willing to change that to 100% belief once I can be shown that a God exists. Once evidence is provided, then I'll have to change my mind.
0: Okay, now notice what he said here. He said that he, he has 0%. Now, notice... I'm not going to lie. This is not like a big problem because he's talking like normal people talk, like like most of us talk most of the time. But I think it's great to put this guy right after Joseph of Suburbia because Joseph of Suburbia was saying, no, 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 no. He was correcting this very problem. He was saying, yeah, because you don't have to be at zero. You don't have to be at 100. But what does this guy say? I have 0% belief in God or 0%, let's say, reason to believe in God. And I would go to 100% if I had evidence. Well, whether, uh, I don't know where, if I asked this person in the video now, curious and more curious, if I asked him, um, do you have 100% about um, positive belief about germ theory or gravity? Um, He might say yes. But if he does say yes, that means he's not using the the terminology um, the way that the Joseph of suburbia was. He's using it in the casual sense. But if you use it in the more robust sense of Cartesian certainty, then no, you're not at z- well, you're probably not at zero now and you're not going to get to 100 probably. Now, again, there are Christians um, who are known as Calvinists and they have a f- method of apologetics called presuppositionalism, and I see value in some presuppositional stuff. Um, and they're, they're going to say, many of them are going to say, no, 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 you can have 100 percent Cartesian certainty about God. And in fact, you should. Um, and, and that's that's an important part of what they do. But I don't say that. I, I think that I don't know that you're going to get to 100 percent Cartesian certainty. And for the Christians that are listening, that think that's a problem that I said that. If someone asks me after church on Sunday, are you sure God exists? I'm going to say yes. They say, are you certain God exists? I'm going to say yes. But if they say, no, 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 I mean Cartesian certainty like that kind that Rene Descartes believed in, I would say, no, that's nonsense talk. That's for the birds. It's not useful for us. It's not important. In the way everyone else throughout history before that concept came up, The way they all meant it that's the way i mean it i'm certain i'm sure to an incredibly high degree of probability but i just wanted to point out this guy is doing the opposite of what the other guy did in the video just before it let's continue
2: i have zero evidence so i have zero reason to accept your claims but if you're asking what is the probability of a god existing i have no idea i have no metrics to work it out nor any proof that points to one so i have no way of determining if one exists or not again it isn't disingenuous to not accept claims that have no evidence. In the same way, I will say at this moment, there is a 0% chance of me enjoying an entire Nickelback album, but I'm willing to change my mind if evidence is presented that they can put out a decent collection of songs.
0: Okay, I love this because um, number one, I'm a music geek, but secondly, uh, this actually brings up, I'm gonna bring it back up again, the scale, the scale is back. Well, why is the scale back? Well, notice that he said, "I have z- what this is like is this is like I have zero evidence that I will enjoy a full Nickelback album in the future." In other words, what he's saying, uh, but he said, "I I could I could go to hundred percent if they if evidence was presented that they put out a worthwhile collection of songs." So what he's saying is, he's saying, "I'm right here on whether there's going to be a, a suitable or, or a, a Nickelback album that I like." That I'm going to enjoy all the way through. I'm, I'm right here. I don't have any reason to believe that. Now, reasons would move him along this line. But is he really right here? I don't see how. Because what he's telling us is, based on past Nickelback stuff, I have found their music to be music that uh, perhaps he would say now. Well, perhaps he would say it's not my favorite genre. That might uh, so that might move it down here. You're not. You might not enjoy music that's not in your favorite genre. And then you might say, and even within that genre, it's worse than other stuff in that genre that moves it down here. And maybe we could even add that he's heard that Nickelback is going to double down on their trademark sound, which might move it even further this way. But even if all it is, is I'm aware of their current catalog and I haven't liked any of that. And so it just moves him to about here. Um, then the the point is still made. The point is you're revealing to me by the use of the band Nickelback that takes a lot of abuse that you seem to be further abusing here (laughs) based on their past catalog. That's the only thing you have to go on is their past catalog. So you're telling me I'm not actually right here. I'm actually somewhere down here because of... What I already know of them that counts as evidence against the proposition that I'm going to enjoy Nickelback in the future all the way through an entire album, which is a high standard, by the way. I mean, getting through an entire Nickelback, liking everything on anyone's album. There aren't too many Joshua Tree albums that are masterpieces all the way through, but who knows? All right, so we're going to move on, but I think that's important. This kind of this helps us out to understand that, that this uh, Lactheus thing is really, really difficult. It's really difficult to hold on to. All right, let's move on to Noel. I've come to uh, really like, I think this is a hilarious guy, and he's been friendly with me in discussions that we, have little tweet exchanges and things like that. Um, And he's been friendly. So let's let's hear, now I've put two clips together for Noel. Okay, so I just want everyone to know, I'm not trying to be tricky or anything like this. It's just that the second question in my 10 questions has something to do with lack theism and then the fourth question this question has to do with lack theism and in his answering my fourth question he he references that he already talked a little bit about this so i just went back and grabbed some of that because i think it's helpful now this is a little bit lengthier of a clip but i think it'll be worth it here's
3: Noel saying was well, it 80 20 60 40 or whatever then i think you're going beyond the lack of be- belief because then you're talking about a consideration of the evidence for or against and saying 60 percent of it He's against God.
0: Oh, okay. I do need to jump in here because I actually didn't splice them together just because I wanted to cut down on time. In the previous answer to number two, what he actually says is something like, it, it, it makes sense for you to say, I lack a belief in a particular thing as long as you don't know much about it. Now, I know if I'm misrepresenting you, that is not my intent. His video is linked in the description. I encourage you to go check it out and uh, see for yourself. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think what he's saying is um, if if we if there's some concept like say someone's never even considered whether there's a god never even heard of the idea of a god that leads down an interesting road of discussion about whether uh, how early on we begin to develop on our own uh, concepts of god but 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 putting that aside let's imagine that someone has no idea never thought about it it's never come up and then there can and so they don't have a belief they lack a belief it's not that they Actively believe that God does not exist or actually believe that he does. They just they, they, there's no position They're They're not in the discussion at all because it hasn't been presented to them. But the minute it's presented to them and begin and you begin to articulate something about God, even just a general theistic God, they're going to then start to they're going to lose that lack lack theist flavor Uh, or that lack of belief flavor, and they're gonna start building up uh, a position, Do I whether it sounds more or less reasonable to them. I think that's what he's saying, and here he's gonna give a more specific analogy of this.
3: Not existing, 40% is for him existing, so the preponderance of evidence is this way, and that's why I hold the position that I do, whereas I think a lack of belief is a slightly different thing. I, I, I described this in a video a couple of years ago and immediately that I say this to you, your 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 belief, um, the sort of propositional, you'll start to hold a propositional attitude to, to what I'm talking about. Whereas at the moment you hold a lack of a belief for this thing, based not upon a propositional attitude, but based upon ignorance. So if I talk to you, this was the example I gave a couple of years ago. I love so this you example. Have a Lack of belief in goblin slugs right and a goblin slug let me explain the concept to you it has um the body of a slug uh, but it has the head of a goblin okay and it it sort of slithers along on a slime trail the way that a slug does and it's about eight foot long okay so i think you lack a belief in goblin slugs all your life right But it wasn't based upon a preponderance of evidence, it was based upon simply an ignorance of the concept. You had the ability to conceptualise a goblin slug, but the idea had never occurred to you. You still don't have a belief in goblin slugs, but I would suggest now it is a more active disbelief, based upon, probably on the fact which is effectively what I think the position is for most atheists, the fact that you feel that if goblin slugs did exist, you'd know a bit more about goblin slugs by now, right? You've would watched one of these documentaries with, with David Attenborough talking about the majestic goblin slug sliming its way Across the swamps of South America, or something. And the fact that you haven't seen that, and the fact that you do not regard goblins as fitting into the sort of taxonomic evolutionary trees of our planet. Makes me, all these things add together. This is it's a kind of lack of evidence, if you like, that that then forms an active position that you're now taking on goblin slugs. But you've always been an a goblin sluggist, but you just didn't know it. You were never self-firming goblin sluggist, but I would have labeled you externally an a goblin sluggist. Okay, I think that's it for that one.
0: The more I listen to that guy, the more I just think he. <sighs> Sorry. He's hilarious. I mean, that guy, just the way he talks, I mean, he was made to be a public speaker. So no wonder he's found some uh, minor Internet celebrity. But um, but let's uh, let's get into this a little bit. So he, he so he's what he's saying here is, OK, you can lack a belief so long as you don't know anything about this thing. But take this goblin slug idea, um, the majestic goblin slug. Uh, you can you can have that thing and uh, not know, if you don't know anything about it, you've never heard of it, you you lack a belief in it. It's not that you believe that it doesn't exist. You just have no opinion whatsoever, but the minute someone begins to describe to you an eight-foot slug with the um, face of a goblin, you begin to decide whether or not you think this thing is true. And it might be at first that it just sounds weird, but if we probed you deeper, you, you could probably tell us some things. You could say something like he did, like, Uh, You'd expect you'd seen one now in a documentary film um, or goblins don't seem to fit in with what you understand about um, the tree of animals, the the taxonomy of of the animals and species and things like that. And so those would be things that would count towards you going down the scale um, away from mere middle agnosticism, lack of belief thing down toward, no, I believe this does not exist those would be reasons now whether you want to call those evidence or not whether you want to call that evidence or not people don't you know some of the atheists don't like my explanation of evidence and how it works but evidence to me is anything that is a reason why you might believe something anything that counts in favor of something that, that might cause you to have some level of belief toward it. So it can be really silly. The example I've used before is if somebody came to me and told me that um, if one individual who I don't know and don't know anything about them came to me and told me that um, an alien spacecraft landed in the middle of a baseball uh, stadium yesterday in Evansville, um, I would have a reason to believe that. Now, it wouldn't be anywhere near strong enough to make me believe it, but, but do I have more reason to believe it now than I did before I heard that? Yeah, I have some piece of data here. Here's a man claiming that he saw such a thing. Now, what if I had a thousand people who all claim to have been there? And some of these people are doctors and lawyers and uh, scientists and lactheists and atheists and Christians and everything in between, right? Um, now, do I have more reason than I did with just that one guy to believe this really happened? Or at least it's something that appeared to be an, an alien spacecraft. Do Do I have something... Do I have more reason now with a thousand of those people? Yes, I have more reason than I did then. Do I still believe? I might believe something happened. I might still not believe that an alien spacecraft landed there. I might still be skeptical about what they experienced and what they saw and all those kind of things, right? That's that's all there, okay? I mean, I'm giving you that. But I'm just saying one guy is more reason than I had before I heard it. A thousand people of various uh, academic... You know, and and areas in life that gives me even more belief. So, but but so I count that as evidence. Now, whether whether you want to count that as evidence or not, I don't care. There are reasons you have reasons to believe. You might think you have reasons to believe that God does not exist, and that might be something like um, um, that. That like uh, the problem of evil or um, things that, uh, one of the things that Chris Date, my friend Chris Date, came up with not too long ago was um, that someone might say is, well, it doesn't seem to make sense on the story that there's a God if there's certain uh, examples of animals or structures, biological structures that seem poorly designed. Now, of course, we have an answer to that. What you consider to be a poorly designed thing might not actually be poorly designed. And even if it does seem to all seeming to be poorly designed, um, a poorly designed thing is not a not designed thing. It's a from your perspective, poorly designed thing. There's all kinds of things we could say about that. We, we as Christians believe we live in a fallen world. All those kinds of things are, are important to that. Um, but you, you're going to have reasons that are going to move you down that line. And so what his central point I think is valid, which is the, the minute, okay, maybe you have a lack of belief about a thing until you hear about it. But once you hear about it and you start to form a concept and, and come up with reasons, intuitive or obvious why you don't believe that thing exists. And so I think he's more or less agreeing with me with the simple caveat that you could lack a belief until you hear about a particular thing. All right, now let's move on to Cyrus, the skeptic. Cyrus was, Cyrus. Um, uh, here's what I liked about Cyrus's thing. He, there was no emotion in it. There was no, um, and, and a lot of, this has been a lot true of a lot of people, but there was, I mean, he was just, hey, I'm going to, answer these straightforwardly i'm not going to spend a lot of time jibber jabbering like i do i'm just gonna i'm just gonna answer it and move on and he did that now obviously i disagree with much of what he said but i still think uh you know uh he it was as straightforward and and clean a job as, as i've heard here's what Cyrus has to say
4: again it i i went over this earlier but it depends on the type of God we're talking about. You can be a lack of belief atheist when we're talking about the global sense of atheism, when we're talking about uh, global atheism in general. You can even just accept agnosticism on there, when you've suspended your belief there, which necessarily means that it's not that you're 50-50, 70-40, what have you. When it comes to logic, if you are an agnostic, you are removed from the equation. You don't have a 50-50, 70-20, 10-90 type of deal. You are removed from the equation completely. That's how Thomas Huxley defined agnosticism. But again, if we are talking about uh, the differences between local and global atheism, I can have a local atheism towards the Abrahamic gods, knowing their history, knowing the logical consequences of them, and knowing the logical issues with them. I can have a complete and total... uh, termination of those ideas in my mind while still having a lack of belief in the idea of a God in general, which is where I sit, which again, as, as Huxley put it, that would be agnosticism.
0: Okay. So again, we're getting, um, more of a casual use of the term uh, of the idea of certainty or, or whatever. He didn't use the term certainty, at least that I heard, but what he did say was I could have a total and complete termination um, with respect to the Abrahamic God, which when you say total and complete, I'm thinking you mean you're up, at, you're you're down there at negative 100 on whether the Abrahamic God exists. So he, um, so he wants to differentiate though between the, and this is what many of. The, I only used one clip of somebody saying this, but this represents a dozen other atheists that commented, um, and so that's important to point out. Is that. When, and this came up with what has now been termed by Cameron Bertuzzi, the Hunter's Dilemma, where um, you, you're going to tell me that you're a lack theist, that you merely lack a belief, but you're not saying you don't believe. But then you compare God to Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and fairies and things that you actively believe don't exist. Right. That that seems inconsistent to me. And many atheists have agreed. And by the way, many atheists on the Internet have agreed with this point and the point on question number two, the Hunter's Dilemma. Um, uh, I just saw another one last night, Leo phylos or something like that. Um, and maybe I'll include him in a future, future thing. But uh, the, 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 they want to differentiate between, they think they can get around it by saying this. Okay, look, I lack a belief about God in general, that some God exists. But I don't just lack a belief about the Christian God. I actively disbelieve disbelief that the Christian God exists. I believe the Christian God does not exist. Okay, now, that doesn't avoid the hunter's dilemma where you're saying you're a lack theist, but you just uh, use terminology like, well, it's like Santa Claus or fairies. That just means that the, the hunter's dilemma works on your beliefs about mere theism, but not necessarily Christianity. Or you'd run it with Christianity, and what you'd come out with is, okay, you can use those, you can compare the Christian God to Santa Claus or fairies or whatever else, but if you're going to do that, then here's what that means. You need to bear your burden of proof and you need to be able to defend your claim that God does not exist if you raise it as an argument, in an argument with me. Um, so that, that's, that's important. But, um, but he wants to separate these two. Well, here's the problem with this. Well, I'm an atheist about the Christian God, but I'm, um, la- I lack a belief about God in general. An atheist, and I realize that people have redefined this term. Maybe many times, but this is where this gets very confusing. If you're an atheist about the Christian God, the way you're using that term atheist, then I could go around to everyone and say I'm an atheist. Why? Well, because I don't believe in Zeus and I don't believe in you know, all these other gods, uh, Allah and all these other gods, right? And most atheists or many atheists would say, right, you're an atheist with respect to all these gods. I just believe in one less God than you do. But that's the problem. It would completely miscommunicate to everyone I'm talking to if I said I was an atheist, full stop, and didn't clarify what I meant every single time I used the word. If I meant that I was a card-carrying Christian who believes in the God of the Bible, but I happen to not believe in Zeus, therefore I'm an atheist. That would be completely confusing to everyone. Um, and then say, "Well, now, so this lack of belief in God—I'm glad that he says that's more like agnosticism. I just lack a belief about God, but I don't believe in the Christian God." Well, then just say you don't believe in the Christian God would be my uh, suspicion. That I mean, that would be the suggestion I would give. Just say you don't believe in the Christian God. Um, but I'd be really—I'd really, really want to know what the reasons are because if you're saying I actively disbelieve, and this is a point that needs to be, uh, you need to remember this. If you forget everything else I say on this video and you've made it this far, remember that I've said this, there are a number of atheists, um, out there on YouTube. I think Godless engineer, I think, um, the, uh, Siris, uh, apparently I think, uh, this is true of Paul I think this might be true of Shannon Q. I think this is true of, um, of, um, uh, Oh, um, the, the guy that, that's always debating everyone. Anyway, I, I don't. I guess they're all always debating debating everyone. Uh, a T jump, T jump. Sorry, T jump. I know who T jump is. I just forgot the name. Um, Tom jump. I, this is true of a lot of the atheists. Is that they will say, "I actively don't believe in the Christian God. I'm confident that God doesn't exist, but I merely lack a belief about theism in general." Okay, now if that's your position, then what? people who are Christians need to understand and and be ready to push with is—and a lot of you have your own YouTube channels and you have these atheists on, so keep this in your back pocket—then they need to demonstrate to you that that God doesn't exist, right? Because they're making a claim. Um, When it comes to general theism, they can play that, well, I'm just a lack theist and I don't— um, but I, I've come to agree with what some others have said that even if you're a lack about God in general, you need, you still bear some burden of proof to explain why you're not convinced by the reasons given for that God. So um, I I think all of that is really important. What you're going to hear a lot of times from people if they do try to respond about the Christian God is they're going to point to stuff in the Old Testament, not just the violent stuff, um, but talking snakes, talking donkeys, which frankly, um, if you understand that you live in a world where quantum uh, physics is a reality, then don't talk to me about talking snakes and donkeys because there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening that you would have thought was impossible before, right? Um, But then uh, secondly, The violent stuff in the Old Testament, what are sometimes called the atrocities of the Old Testament, um, that person needs to be able to do an internal criticism, understand what the believer would say about each of those issues. But here's the thing, even like in order for Christianity to be true, here's what's required. God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead. That, I mean, for Christianity to get off the ground, those are the two required things. God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I believe in a robust view of inerrancy. I believe that the Bible is without error in all that God intends to teach through it. Okay, so that's or all that it intends to teach, right? But here's the thing about that. Um, there, even if you didn't take inerrancy, even if you found what you thought was a mistake in the Bible or something that, that was attributed to God that wasn't really God, it wouldn't mean Christianity's false. false. It, it would mean that something in the Bible was wrong. And I used to hear preachers all the time say, preachers, like Christian preachers would say. And maybe I've said it in my younger days. I don't know. If one word in the Bible is wrong, it's all wrong. Well, that doesn't follow logically. There are math books with errors in them, but it doesn't mean the whole math book needs to be thrown out. And so that's uh, a valid position to say, no, I think the Bible may have errors, but I still believe it's authoritative and overwhelmingly points me to the truth about the nature of God and the nature of the world and all those kind of things. But... Uh, I don't affirm that. I'm just saying that pointing to stuff in the Old Testament doesn't get you out of the woods. You got to have some other reason to believe that the Christian God doesn't exist. And we want to hear what that is. Because you're now on the chopping block trying to (laughs) argue that your position is true. Doesn't feel so good. It's no wonder that a lot of atheists want to try to go the lack theist route. Um, I I understand it. I don't think they should, but they but they do. Um, is there anything else I wanted to say uh about Cyrus? Oh yeah, so the second part, so so he's saying um so he has to bear the burden of proof with, with the Christian God, and we still don't know where he would put himself on the scale with God. He never really answered that in general. But that is an important point because you'll remember at the beginning of this video I said, Hey, you're going to need to, we need to get you to God before we start talking about the Christian God, because there's a lot greater probability that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe there's a God to have raised Jesus from the dead. So I still didn't get the answer to the question. And I want an answer to that question. Siris, are you really telling me? I mean, maybe you are that you're right here smack in the middle. Is that what you're telling me? I don't think you're right in the middle. I think you're. I think from what I've heard you say here and in the past, you're probably somewhere down here. If you tell me you're right in the middle, I'm going to take you at your word. But it's. But from things I've heard you say, it seems like you're down this way somewhere, even with general theism. But I could be wrong. Maybe I've completely read you wrong, and maybe I've attributed things to the Christian God, uh, things to God in general that you meant for the Christian God. There's a possibility there, so I want to be charitable. But we need to settle that issue of God. I need to know what that number is if if uh, if we're going to move forward. All right, the last thing I want to look at here is the one that uh, got the thumbnail. Um, This is the um, uh, testimony of a former lactheist. Now, unfortunately, that doesn't mean that he's a Christian. That means that he uh, doesn't go by the term lactheist anymore. Here's what he has to say.
5: I think you've got a good point here, which is why I personally don't use the lactheist position anymore, although I understand why people do and I don't fault anyone for doing it. And I think there is times in these discussions where it is absolutely appropriate and relevant.
0: Okay, so he says he doesn't fault anyone for doing it because perhaps he thinks someone really can rest right there at, at what I would call agnosticism. Um, but he's saying, now oh, that wasn't me. And uh, he, so he doesn't fault anyone for doing it. And he thinks sometimes it's appropriate. It could be also that he that, that what he means by sometimes it could be appropriate is Maybe that's what Noel was getting at. Maybe it's appropriate before you're aware of the positions, could be. Let's hear what he has. But he says, that's not me anymore. I don't do that anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore. It is
5: true that when I first started engaging online as an atheist in these kinds of discussions, because I did apologetics discussions before I was an atheist, before a lot of the social media that exists now exists. Um, When I started doing this as an atheist, I did indeed, use the theist position. But I came to realize after a time, it didn't accurately describe my own beliefs. Um, and it felt just intellectually dishonest for me to be doing it. So I stopped doing it. I just call myself an atheist now. And we can have discussions from
0: there. <clears throat> okay, so no, now notice what he said. He said it didn't accurately describe my beliefs, and it felt intellectually dishonest. That's what I was asking in the question of, of others. Uh, I said, look, if you take that position and, you, and at what point do you start feeling disingenuous, which is like saying um, intellectually dishonest or there's a cognitive dissonance there or something that, that you, you realize that I really do believe that God does not exist more than I don't. I, I'm, I'm down that scale in the negatives. And um, that's what I'm asking. And he's saying, yeah, I kind of realized that about me. And that's when I changed my position. But i'd like to clarify my position a
5: little bit i don't claim that no gods exist as a fact about the nature of reality like i might say the earth is spherical it's more akin to me saying i believe that there is life somewhere else in the universe now i don't have any direct evidence of this but everything that we know about the nature of the universe and physics and reality makes it exceedingly probable that life of some form exists somewhere else in the universe.
0: Now, there's a couple of things about this. Uh, He compares, and this is a little bit strange because we're talking about a negative claim versus a positive claim or something like that. But he's saying here that, that his position that God doesn't exist is kind of like his position that there is life elsewhere in the universe in that he's not like absolutely certain and he doesn't have I mean, maybe I'm, I think he means he's not absolutely certain. And he doesn't have direct evidence, he says. Now, I don't think that he would say, I mean, I, maybe he would say, I don't think he should say that he doesn't think he has any evidence. If by evidence we mean reasons to believe, he kind of just started to give you some. He said, look, we know some things about the universe. And from the things we know about the universe, it seems uh, likely to me that. Perhaps he could come up with an equation or something. Seems likely to me that we could have life elsewhere in the universe. It's a big universe. There, there. It seems to be other inhabitable planets, or uh, evidence that there was water on other planets and things like that. So, um, so, these would all be reasons to believe. And he might have reasons to believe that God doesn't exist. In fact, he's going to give us one of those. That's similar to the position that I hold. That I don't have any direct evidence that God
5: does not exist. And there are logical arguments that can be made, but everything we know about the nature of reality, as far as I can see, suggests that not only does God not exist, but none of the supernatural category of things like ghosts and spirits and and mystic energy and karma and all of that other stuff exists in any way, shape or form. It's all very easily explainable through naturalistic explanations and naturalistic causes.
0: That's the position that I hold. So <clears throat> what he says is, um, I mean, those, those, he's giving us reasons. He's giving us what I think he would consider to be evidence. But he clarifies not direct evidence, like, um, I, I, like an, like a he's observed God's face or something. But he, but he has evidence. Um, like um, uh, one of them he gave for God uh, against God would be, it seems like we understand um, the things that were that supernatural stuff was supposed to explain is what I took from that. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a need for positing supernatural. There's nothing. Yeah. Well, what what that would be is something he takes as evidence. Now, I I actually think that that is a misunderstanding of the facts on the ground. I think there is good reason to believe that there is that there that the science and and natural. Uh, materialism, I don't think it has explained everything that supernatural is supposed to explain. And I think there are positive reasons to believe that the supernatural exists, like positive arguments to believe that supernatural exists rather than just God of the gaps or the supernatural of the gaps or something too. So we would disagree about that. But the point is he does have reasons why. Um, He takes the position he does, and so we would expect that if he were to argue his position, and his position is that God does not exist, then he would need to mount up some reasons for the rest of us to believe that God doesn't exist, and we would have to decide whether we found that evidence convincing or not. Um, But what I love about this individual is, um, while many people thought that my question was in itself disingenuous um, and laughable and uh, ill-formed and all those kind of things, he says well it happened to me i i began to think about where i stood on this and it seemed like i was further down the line uh, toward god does not exist and i felt intellectually dishonest and so i moved and so that can happen that's his testimony as a former lack theist and now atheist in the in the more robust sense of the term So, um, I've made it through all of the individuals that I was going to respond to there. And I think we've had some different responses. I think it was good, but listen, I want you to know that if you are out there and you enjoy what we're doing this, this series has been getting uh, a lot of attention and a lot of response videos. And I don't, thats the thing about YouTube, I don't know what makes these things happen. I don't, I don't know how it happens. When I have a video, like yesterday, I made a video that, that was like no atheists allowed or something. I knew that atheists would watch. The thing blew up. I have no idea what's going to blow up. I have no The things I think are going to blow up, they fall on their face. Okay, so I don't I don't have any idea. So I just try to make content that I find to be helpful or that I think is going to help someone. And if you appreciate what we're doing here on YouTube, then you can subscribe to the channel. That costs you nothing. Uh, so please subscribe to the channel. Atheists and theists just, and Hindus and whatever else. Just subscribe to the channel. We need it. And then also, if uh, you're out there and you really appreciate what we're doing, you can be part of it. And the way you become part of it is by partnering with us on Patreon.com slash Trinity Radio. And if you partner with us on Patreon.com slash Trinity Radio, then you also get a bunch of stuff in there. You get episodes that we've never released. You get um, full, several full eBooks books um, that would cost you over $100 to buy them separately, and you get them all there. Um, you get uh, five full seminary classes with PowerPoint uh, on apologetics. Got major world religions, the problem of evil, contemporary apologetics, um, all kinds of stuff. And so you, I, I think there's some good stuff in there. I've tried to do stuff that I thought would be valuable in there. So I hope that you'll check that out. And um, listen, this has been fun, and I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.